Hello, lovelies. Welcome to my podcast, Love, Hope, and Fluffy Stuff. It's your girl, Alyssa. This podcast is a safe haven for my fellow fatties, a place where you can unwind and be your authentic self, a place that promotes kindness, respect, and love. I am by no means perfect. None of us are. We are all flawed. But I have the same rights as you to love mine. All right. So today's episode is going to be talking about depression and anxiety. I have quite a lot of experience um, with these two topics. I feel like we have been excuse me, best friends my entire life. Um, So I got a lot to say about them. Let's talk about this pandemic, right? I haven't even like gotten into this topic before on any of my social media platforms because I just, I didn't know how. And I didn't want to seem weak expressing how it's affected me when everyone else seems to be fine, doing so well, right? But this pandemic, uh, it kicked my butt, man. And it's interesting because in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm an introvert. I love staying inside. Like I'm a homebody. I I have no problem with that. I don't I don't like going outside. So now we're being asked forced to stay inside. What's the big deal? I do this all the time. But there is something about having the choice and going to go outside and just choosing not to. And then that choice being taken from you that just doesn't sit well, no matter how introverted you are, in my opinion. So I started off this pandemic living with my parents. Um, I left home, 25, moved to Texas, did no soul, transferred my job, and I lived here for two years, I think. Then shit kind of hit the fan. I lost my job. Um, Obviously, no job, no place to live. So I reached out to my younger sister. She helped me get to Virginia where she was living, but... Things just didn't work out between us. Like, I think I was there for a week, maybe two weeks tops. And I reached out to my mom to see if I could come stay with them. And she agreed. Um, At the time, I didn't know it was actually my sister's place that she was saying that I could come stay at. But another conversation. Um, So at the start of this pandemic, I was living with my parents and actively working on loving myself. Um, I had spent a lot, all of my life hating me, hating my body. 
So I was trying to change that so that I could be the person that I wanted and achieve the things that I wanted to achieve out of life. I was engaged in the plus size community um, and being all about inclusion of all body types. It was my thing and I was educating myself while working on not hating my body for the first time. I was doing the things necessary to be healthy, you know, Um, because to me, those aren't two different paths. In order to love yourself, truly, you have to take care of the body you live in. And I'm not saying like you have to go on a crazy diet or anything like that. But if you know you live in your body, so you you have to know what works for you. But if you're exhausted, you have no energy, you're not able to be mobile, things like that, then you know you have to work on your health. That's all I'm saying. The same way that um, you should take care of your mental and spiritual core. So I was I was flourishing for the most part in that regard, but I was miserable being back at home and essentially being a house slave again to my family. Um, and I wasn't working, so, you know, Parents, they feel like if you're not working, especially in the black community, if you're not working, then you're going to be, you know, doing whatever I ask. So without me working, I had time to work on my blog, Being Fat in America, and my PHAT Fat Talks on my Instagram A year and some months with my family had me reevaluating my purpose and more importantly, my sanity yet again. If my mom had her way, I would probably live with them for the rest of my life, helping her start one business after the next while taking care of everyone. My niece, my nephew, the adult children that she took in off the street years ago and married who I just, I hated it. I hated it as a teenager and I hated it even more as an adult. I mean, that's the reason why I left in the first place. And I had grown a backbone and I had evolved so much in Texas and I didn't want to revert back to the person I was when I left home. And it was becoming that way. And I also didn't want to hate my family, you know? Um, So I left again and I came back to Texas again. Um, And I lived with my best friend who is exceptional. Um, I lived with her for six or seven months and I continued to do my blog and my fat talks. And things were good. Um, We kind of balance each other out. I'm more so lax, laid back, kind of passive. She is not. Um, She's very opinionated, has a very strong personality. So she helps me have a backbone and I help her be a little bit more not confrontational. It works. It works. 
Um, so she was very opinionated and would tell me that I am encouraging people to stay fat with my blog and my fat talks. Um, and it would just piss me off so bad because no matter how much I tried to make her understand, she just couldn't. Until you have lived, like literally lived in, in, in my shoes and you've been like extremely overweight your whole life, not just thick, but like overweight and experience the struggles of being fat in America, you just like, there's a lack of empathy on your end. Um, and you'll just always be a tad bit judgmental. I wasn't trying to encourage anyone to stay fat. I, I That's never been my agenda or my thought processing. I just want to create a safe space for those of us struggling to love ourselves, for those of us picking at the things society calls imperfections, for those of us drowned in depression and anxiety. Those months living together with her were so eye-opening um, and it strengthened our friendship, even though we had some roadblocks. It, it was great. I love her boys and we all just vibe well together. The, during that time, I was so happy to be with people who valued me as a person, um, to be surrounded by love and what a family dynamic should look like that I was celebrating with food. I mean, I was eating whatever I wanted whenever I thought about eating it and all the weight and health and growth that I had did at my parents' house, um, I, I gained that weight back in a very short period of time. Now, it's hard to live with my parents for so many reasons, um, and this is one of them, but it also helps health-wise because there's so much structure around food. Living with my parents affords me one thing, rationed out food. Like, because there's always so many people living there at one time. So, like, they're going to measure out the cereal, the milk, the fish sticks, the chips in the bag, like all of that stuff, everything that you could possibly think of. And it don't matter how old you are. If you're not buying, you're not going to be able to eat whatever you want out of it. So I lost weight during that year I lived with them. In those six months I was living with my friend, I gained it back. So then I move into my apartment. I was happy to have my own space and have things how and where I wanted them, but I wasn't happy with the constant silence day in and day out because now I have to deal with my thoughts. I have to deal with my emotions and there is no one else in this space to talk to and help me forget, to help me ignore the big picture, the things that cause me to eat, that make my heart ache. No one is here to help me. So there's also no one here to shame me for eating how I wanted. 
No one to care if I left my apartment, got some sunshine. No one to care that I'm at home literally sitting all day. And if I'm not sitting, then I'm laying down. So for a while, when I moved into my apartment, I still had a bit of structure, right? I I mean, I still was helping her son with his schoolwork. My schedule was I would wake up in the morning time. She would come pick me up. I would help him with her school, his schoolwork. Then I would help her with her school because she's a teacher. So she has her own business. And then I would come home, clock in, work my shift. And that was my schedule. And as soon as I clocked out, that was it. Well, me and her had a disagreement over spring break. And after that, I stopped going to her house because I wasn't helping with those things anymore. Which means I stopped having a reason to wake up early. So instead, I was up all night. I would be up all night watching people live their fulfilled life, despite the pandemic, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And then I would get up right before it was time to clock in. Sometimes I brushed my teeth beforehand. Sometimes I didn't. And I quickly spiraled because... I'm constantly feeding myself with other people's best lives while doing absolutely nothing to ensure my own. And when you are depressed, when you are dealing with anxiety, you aren't rational. You aren't thinking that these people are only posting what they want you to see. They could be doing a TikTok or an, uh, a video, YouTube video in one little corner of their house and the rest of their house looks like hoarders. But we don't think about these things. We don't rationalize these things because we are depressed. So I lived off of DoorDash. I would literally be able to hold it together long enough to work my shift. I could smile. I could laugh on the phone with the customers during my meeting with my team lead and the other teammates on my team. I could laugh, tell jokes, haha, smile, all the things. I could hold it together long enough to work my shift because that's what allowed me to buy food and stay in my apartment. But once my shift was over, I'd roll over and lay down on my couch until I mustered enough energy to get to my bed, if that ever happened. I was depressed and I felt so alone. And I mean, that's what depression does. I would be here telling myself that no one cares if I lived or died, that I had left no footprints on this earth that will matter when I'm gone. I would just antagonize myself and say, you can't even get around your apartment without being out of breath. 
No one wants to hear you talk about body positivity and self-love. You detest the sight of yourself. I was so desperate for someone to pull me from the ledge. But I just kept inching closer and closer and closer to it. I'd written a suicide note. And while also spending so much money door dashing, I was also buying things that I didn't need. Foodaholic, shopaholic. Hoping that one of these things for just a short period of time would make me forget and make me feel better. But it didn't. And I was beyond ready to just be done, to not feel miserable anymore, to not have to cry myself to sleep just to fall asleep, to not be so envious of friends and families and complete strangers living their best lives or what I thought were their best lives. All I seemed to see were thriving people people becoming famous and popular on their channels and pages while I was doing the same thing and experiencing no growth. I wanted to give kindness to the world and I couldn't even be kind to myself. Being depressed is a battle inside your mind that feeds off anxiety and negativity. And every time you feel like you've made progress, it snatches you back like a retractable leash. You find yourself right back where you were. Most times worse off. I've spent my whole life battling with this problem, being plagued by my inability to be consistent with loving myself, to be consistent with growing, to be consistent with just sticking to it. So a few weeks ago, I reached out to a life coach, fitness coach one night. I was literally planning on killing myself that night. Just done. Crying, sobbing, just done. While scrolling through Instagram, I saw her video. She friend requested me, I think, a year ago in the height of me doing all the things to be a uh, plus-size influencer. And I was like, oh, great. She's cool. Thought nothing of it. And I usually skipped over her videos because they made me feel worse than I already did. For some reason, that night I didn't. She was talking about her struggle with depression and how she used to think and feel about herself. And it resonated with me. I quickly reached out to her, literally, that night. might have been 2 a.m. And I told myself, if she responds and she shows she cares about me as a person and not just as a paycheck, I will do everything I can to fight and get through that bout of depression. I also started my Bible study again because I knew hiding from 
God didn't make him not see me. And that's always been a stability in my life. And then I just began to work towards loving myself again, to stop allowing myself to wallow in self-pity. Yeah, I got up and I opened the blinds. I brushed my teeth. I cleaned my home. I took a shower. I did the things to unravel some of the cobwebs that I allowed to grow and cocoon me. And I know that these may seem so simple, but when you are going through the motions and you only have enough to do what you're doing, these things seem impossible. Like they literally seem, the thought, just the thought of doing them seems impossible. So for the last six weeks, I have made the effort to choose me, to begin thriving again, to realize that I am enough. It's not always easy. I have moments where I compare myself to those around me, where I feel hopeless and I have to talk myself from the ledge again. I have to remove these people, these pages, these influencers from my life. Because I'm deciding this time around that this is going to be my new lifestyle that I'm beginning to curate curate for myself. And that's a huge adaption for my brain to agree to. It's used to doing what is comfortable, complacent, normal. It literally is fighting me every step of the way because... Its main function is to shield me from pain, to keep us safe. And it's always done a great job of it, right? I'm still here. But the method used wasn't conducive to me becoming the person I am meant to be. To be the very best version of myself. And so now I'm trying to work on choosing a different method. So I start each day with a morning routine. It consists of affirmations to get me out of the bed. And then I go into my bathroom and I brush my teeth and I wash my face and I talk to myself in the mirror and I tell myself that I am enough, that I am strong, that I am brave, that I am resilient, that I am beautiful, that I am made by the creator of this whole universe. And if he can make this universe and the things on it that are beautiful, then I too am beautiful. And I tell myself what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to be alive. I am grateful for the friends that I have in my life. I am grateful for the investments that I'm making to better myself. And then I read my Bible, I pray, I exercise, I journal, and I start my day. I start my day with positivity. All right, so before I peace out, I want to leave you with this. 
If you are struggling with depression or anxiety, seek the necessary help. And I say necessary help because most times that's not going to be your family or your friends. They aren't going to take you seriously and they won't push you enough to go and be who you're supposed to be. They are used to being your enablers. They are used to judging and mocking you and telling you that you can't do it, that you're going to quit just like the last time. It's not good. You're going to have to set some people aside. People in your life that want to see you fail. And it's just ideal and it's necessary if you want to grow and heal. I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know. I won't lie to you though and say it gets easier. You just get stronger and more capable of fighting it when triggers arise to pull you back under.